Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Smoking. Do we really have to say it's bad for you? Countless studies have been done linking the use of cigarettes to an increased risk for emphysema, chronic bronchitis, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, known as COPD, lung cancer, and more. But for those who have smoked, trying to quit can be the challenge of a lifetime. The month of November has been declared COPD Month by Governor Abercrombie, and November 20th is World COPD Day. What can be done before this lung problem occurs? Are there tricks of the trade that have helped people successfully quit? Well, we'll find out. Valerie Chang, head of the Hawaii Coalition for COPD, along with Pedro Haro from the Hawaii Tobacco Control Trust Fund are in the studio, here to tell us more about what's available right here in Hawaii to help people stop smoking. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news... Should we all just be on statins now? Last week, the latest recommendation from the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology came out, and there's a new risk calculator that suggests people at a greater than 7.5% risk of heart disease start taking cholesterol medications, particularly statins. The calculator is based on an assessment of several factors, including gender, race, cholesterol, sugar, blood pressure, smoking status, But does it overestimate the risk for certain groups and suggest treatment with medication when it's not indicated? Why would you take medication for your cholesterol and not necessarily want to monitor the results? Well, you know, it's now known as, quote, calculator gate in some circles. There's a debate about the validity of using this for everyone. Some experts are in favor. Others are questioning how this all came about. However, soon enough, you'll be hearing more about cardiovascular risk factor percentages. And what you choose to do about it, well, that's between you and your doctor. But revisions are likely and the final verdict is still out. Stay tuned and when we have more information, we'll share it with you. In the meantime, if you are on statins, please don't stop taking them. And if you aren't but want to know if you should be, first step is to get your numbers checked out. Not just your cholesterol numbers, but add to that your blood sugar, your blood pressure and more. Speaking of nutrition, there's a class coming up this Thursday sponsored by the Straub Cancer Center and the American Cancer Society and the Commission on Cancer. Tracy Hewitt's on the line. She's going to tell us some more about the I Can Cope series and this particular education class about nutrition for those people who are suffering with cancer and undergoing treatments. Tracy, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, good afternoon, Dr. Kozak. How are you? Fabulous. Now, tell us, this is going to have a food demonstration. There's going to be a lot going on. What's going to happen, and where is it going to happen this week? Well, in conjunction with the American Cancer Society, we're having our uh, last uh, program, I Can Cope program, for the for the season, for this year, and it's called Nutrition During and After Treatment. And uh, if we have any cancer patients out there listening, um, as you very well know, sometimes it's difficult to find the appetite to eat the right foods and also the energy to prepare them. So Sally Bellis, our registered dietitian here at Straub, who also uh, gives a lot of personalized plans of care for our patients, um, is going to have a uh, program on nutritional needs during treatment and managing some of the eating problems that cancer patients have. 
And she's also going to do a healthy food demonstrations, things that are easy to prepare, uh, that don't take a lot of energy, and that are nutritious, um, all wrapped up together. So now this is not just for the people who have cancer undergoing treatment. This may also be for some of their family members, too. Is that right? Sure it is. Uh, We encourage, actually, the patients to bring a family member. They're welcome because they're often the ones that end up preparing the patients their meals uh, when they don't have the energy to do it. And she can give some uh, suggestions for uh, healthy eating and for uh, foods that are high in protein, which help the body repair itself so that they can carry on and be able to tolerate their chemotherapy. Well, and so it's really about if you do have cancer and you're under treatment, we all hear about things like, okay, you're going to lose your appetite, you're going to feel nauseous, you're not going to want to eat. But not having that nutrition may actually impair your treatment and recovery. Sure it does. Uh, Very often if patients cannot eat and their weight drops, we might have to make adjustments in the chemotherapy dose based on weight. And uh, sometimes that's not the best thing to do, or sometimes we just have to delay therapy. And as much as possible, we try to keep people in optimal health while they're on treatment so that they can stay right on schedule to receive their chemotherapy. And then she's also going to touch a bit as well uh, after therapy, uh, what kind of foods, some healthy foods to eat, and how to have some basic good nutrition after treatment is finished. So how do you keep up the good work that you're doing during treatment so that you wind up continuing with these healthy eating habits? Yes, that's correct. Now, it sounds like this would be a critical class. I mean, particularly anybody who's who has a loved one that's going through chemotherapy of any sort for any type of cancer problem, you know, this is, this is absolutely essential information. Where is this class going to take place and how can people find out more? Well, we just simply would like to um, reserve a space for whoever would like to come, and by, that can be done by calling uh, 522-4336. Again, the number is 522-4336, and leave your name and number and how many people will attend so that we have a head count, so that we have enough food for everyone. Never want to run out of food in Hawaii. And um, also, it's going to take place on Thursday, November 21st, that's this week Thursday, from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. in the First Insurance Center, which is actually right across Hotel Street in the back of Straub. So you can park either at the First Insurance Center or you can park over in Straub, and we'll validate parking in both areas, so parking will be free. So you're talking right down Ward Avenue, you're right across from the hospital, and it's going to be this Thursday, 3.30 to about 5.30 or so. Yes, that's correct. And you're going to learn about what healthy foods to eat, and you're actually going to get to eat some of these healthy foods. That's right. And your loved one can help learn how to cook the most nutritious meals for you and give you that support during your cancer treatment that everybody would want and certainly everybody would need as they're trying to treat their, their condition and their illness. Yes, so we hope to see everyone there. Fantastic. Okay, that's 522-4336. So if you have someone you know who's undergoing treatment for cancer, you want to know how to support them, or if you're a cancer patient, there's some information out there, some great nutrition classes coming up this Thursday. Thanks again, Tracy, for telling us more about it. Thank you very much. Have a nice afternoon. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, speaking of, you know, people who are treating themselves, unfortunately, for cancer, you know, we hear about increased risk of heart problems with our risk calculator and lung cancer with smoking, and it leads us right into our topic for today. How do you quit and why should you quit? Are e-cigarettes safe? What about the patches? 
what about COPD? Who's going to get it? And is this really a big problem in the islands or are we just hearing a lot about it now, but it's not really having a huge impact? Well, you'd be surprised at some of the numbers. We've got Valerie Chang here from the Hawaii Coalition on COPD, in addition to Pedro Haro from the Hawaii Tobacco Control Trust Fund. They're in the studio. And if you've ever tried to quit smoking, maybe you found a secret way to do it, or maybe you can't and you want to know where you can get some help. You can join us today, 941-3689 on Oahu. Toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Valerie, Pedro, welcome to The Body Show. Thanks. Thank you Glad so much to for be here. Us. All right. Well, you know, I'm curious. Was there ever a day, certainly not in my lifetime that I'm aware of, that people thought smoking was good for you? I mean, you know what? 50 years ago, you would see it, billboards, ads in magazines. It was kind of the cool thing to do. But I mean, is it really ever anymore? Is smoking considered glamorous anymore? Or is this just one of those habits that has bad side effects that, you know, we really should have known better? I think people are trying to glamorize it again. Really? Yeah, they're they're making like, Certain, like the, especially the e-cigarettes are trying to make it really glamorous and really exclusive and really the hot thing. And the big problem with that is there is no data that it's safe. And that's the big problem. And nobody knows what the heck's in it because it's not regulated by anyone. Mm -hmm. And that scares me. I mean, it's going deep into your lungs and no one knows what's in it. So we're talking about the e-cigarettes and some people want to quit and they're using these other sorts of modalities that are new and maybe people think they're cool. Has anybody actually, and I'm, I'm curious, Pedro, maybe, maybe you've had this experience. Has anybody actually gotten hooked on cigarettes because of the e-cigarettes? You know, it's not known right now. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control is tracking usage, um, particularly among youth right now, and they have seen an uptake of, um, among youth of e-cigarettes, but they, they themselves are saying, we don't know if that will lead to regular cigarette smoking or if it's just experimentation. So it's really hard to tell. Right now, there's a lot more questions than there are answers for e-cigarettes. And the fact that they're not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration really poses some troubling questions. And the other problem is that it is allowed, people are allowed to flavor them. So they have, they, they banned flavor for tobacco products because that is one way that youth were hooked. And so they realized that was a problem, so they made it so that you cannot flavor tobacco, but they have not made the same restrictions for e-smoking devices. So that's a real problem. And hopefully something that the state and or federal government will address soon. Well, you know, particularly here in the islands, we all should be fairly well-versed in the fact that Sometimes supplements don't do what they say they should and don't necessarily seem to be providing any health benefit. We saw that whole issue with, you know, the OxyPro and the OxyPro Elite, and that caused serious problems for some people, liver failure, liver transplants, you know, death in certain situations. And so, you know, just because it says it's going to do all these wonderful things, don't necessarily believe it. There are some things that we don't know, and not knowing can be dangerous. Definitely. Um, We saw... You know, with tobacco, with regular tobacco, um, it was decades before they were able to figure out exactly uh, what the carcinogens were that were causing um, certain types of cancer, what the long-term effects. And right now, there's some studies that are going on, but certainly nothing long-term because they just haven't been around long enough to be able to know. For the electronic devices. For the electronic devices. Well, now, let's talk about regular cigarettes. Who out there still smokes? 
What is our smoking demographic? Is there such a thing? Um, from the data that we're seeing from the Department of Health is um, the, the majority of smokers do tend to be in Oahu um, as far as the bulk. Um, well, we've got more people here. Yeah. So we've got more people. We've got more smokers. Is there a particular age group of people who are still smoking? You know, we're seeing um, the Department of Health is seeing in the numbers um, that it's a little bit of, of uh, that middle uh, demographic. I think it, it's something like um, the 25 to 34 age group has to have seems to have a bubble of smokers. Um, that could be because they grew up before sort of the age of those, you know, hard-hitting um, emotional ads. We're not really sure why that is. Um, we are seeing the, the first legal age that tobacco companies can target is 18 to 20, you know, that 18-year-old group. So um, historically, those have been heavily targeted by tobacco companies. And, you know, that that's definitely an age where uh, uptake of smoking can happen. Well, now, and Pedro, you also work with the Tobacco Control Trust Fund. So part of that money came from the settlement from the tobacco lawsuits that occurred several years back. When we say that they're targeting youth, they're not allowed to advertise anymore on television. You will not see ads for cigarettes in magazines. You will not see billboards, particularly in Hawaii. We don't have billboards, but anywhere else. How are they targeting the youth? You know, there's a there's several research studies that have been going on, including here in Hawaii, that are seeing advertising increased in uh, mom and pop stores, or um, in which are particularly um, they're being tested. There have been studies here in Hawaii that have been conducted that they're at the eyesight of children in place next to cigarette, uh, next to candy and and other products. I know right now um, there is a policy trying to ban. Um, certain types of um, cigars. You know, there's there's the little cigars, flavored cigars, um, that um, some advocates are concerned about um, being placed in places where children can take them. So these are in the eyesight of, of the younger generation. They shouldn't be there. You know, we shouldn't have these sort of advertisements out there. The big risk in, in smoking is, you know, the long-term effects. And, Valerie, you certainly have a lot of experience with people having that particular condition, COPD, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. What exactly is that? I mean, we always hear about people saying, don't smoke. You might get lung cancer. You might get emphysema. You might get COPD. Why should we fear it? Well, the big problem with COPD is that it robs people of their breath, and it just makes you constantly breathless. It's like tr- breathing through a coffee stirrer all the time. And Okay, that it, sounds it, scary. It gets pretty oh, old. Okay. <laughs> um, and the other problem is that there is no cure. There are treatments that can make people have, you know, pretty active lives, but everyone wants a cure. But there are no cures, and you know it's it's very painful for loved ones and for the patient to to know that there is no cure, and it's preventable. Um, Pedro can talk about some of the the various services in place, and we do have a, three support groups that meet once a month. Um, one is at Polymomi, uh, second Thursday of every month from ten to eleven thirty, um, and at Kaiser. Permanente on, in Pensacola. It's the second Friday of every month from 10 to noon. And at Queen's Medical Center, it's going to be this Wednesday, the third Wednesday of every month from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the CAM Lounge. And all the information is at our website, hawaiicopd.org, where people can call our um, phone number, which is 808-699-9839, 808-699-9839. And people are welcome to bring their loved ones or Caregivers can come or the general public, and 
If you want to RSVP, that's great. And then we'll make sure we have enough food too. So this is one of those things where if you've been diagnosed with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and you want to know, are there other people out there like you? Are there other ways that you can get support? Or if someone you know, maybe a loved one has been diagnosed with this, and you want to know what you can do to help them, this is a way that you can get more information in a supportive environment and sort of learn from each other how to better manage this. Correct. And then we do have various guest speakers, and we do have respiratory therapists and other health professionals that can answer questions that are specific to each person that comes. And there's caregivers that show up, and they can share what's working, what's not working, and and better ways of doing things. And it's really exciting to watch the friendships build in these groups. Well, absolutely. And I have to say, I actually have some patients who have gone to some of the support groups, found other people, and even found lung specialists, pulmonologists, and and other doctors that can help them with their condition. And they've, they've loved it. I mean, I think if you can get a group of like people together, whether it be for COPD, whether it be for cancer, like the I Can Cope support, groups that take place um, that we heard about earlier, we can learn from one another. And often what you can learn from someone who's been down that road and had that experience is often a lot greater than what you could learn from your doctor. I mean, I I don't have COPD. I have never smoked. So I really can't say to somebody, I know what your addiction is like because, boy, I know that craving for nicotine because I really don't. So when we talk about those sort of supportive group environments, somebody who's walked that walk can give you that advice and can really help you and give you some suggestions, even if it's just what worked for them. Maybe they can wind up helping you with some ideas that I never would have thought of. Well, and they actually have practical experience using the equipment like oxygen, supplemental oxygen, and using the medications. And they they find ways that perhaps are not discussed by their physician. And so then the patient can go back to their physician and say, you know, one of the other patients is doing this. Would that be something we should consider? And so it just gives more food for thought for everyone. Absolutely. I always love it when somebody comes with a suggestion because it could really change what I do. Or maybe I didn't think they were at that point where they'd want to discuss whatever it is that that they're bringing up, and maybe they are. Plus, it takes a little bit of the fear out of there. you know. And so more brains are better. If somebody has a great idea, it might be something I've already thought of and said that won't work for you because. But at least we get the discussion going, which is what we're trying to do here today as well. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. I have got a panel of experts. I have Valerie Chang from the Hawaii COPD Coalition. And I also have Pedro Haro, and he is from the Hawaii Tobacco Trust Fund. And we are talking about how can you quit smoking and What are some of the things that are available right here, right now on the islands to help you? So if you or someone you love has been stuck, unfortunately, with too much of the cigarettes or some other sort of problem with tobacco that you'd like to help them with, you can give us a holler, 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Doctors get to choose what drugs to prescribe no matter how much they cost. Sometimes they'll say, well, we tried the generic and it doesn't work, or we have these side effects from the generic and the brand works completely different. I want the brand. I'm Kai Rizdal. How generics could save Medicare millions of dollars, if only. It's next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following The Body Show.
Cutting Kapila Sunday is my favorite program because it allows you to discover so much Hawaiian music. There's such great Hawaiian music coming out, and to be able to find out about the artists, listen to the songs, listen to a variety of music, is one of the most satisfying ways to spend a Sunday afternoon. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Valerie Chang from the Hawaii COPD Coalition, in addition to Pedro Haro from the Hawaii Tobacco uh, Trust Fund. And we're talking today about smoking, why you should quit, what kind of bad things can happen if you keep smoking, and how it's never too late to go ahead and make a commitment to not smoke. So if you've got a question, you're kind of wondering, what about those e-cigarettes or electronic devices. What can I do? I want to quit. My friend does. You can give us a holler at 941-3689. Toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Pedro, I see all these ads. The tobacco quit line, what's going on there? 1-800-QUIT-NOW, and it's mainly for tobacco. Could be cigars, I guess, or cigarettes. Why would I want to call the quit line? If I'm a smoker and I kind of think maybe I want to quit, why do I want to call you guys and what can you do for me? Well, n- number one reason is that it's free. So that's a, well, that's okay, a that's great a good to way to start. It's free. <laughs> okay. Um, what the Hawaii Tobacco Quit Line does, and this is one of the programs that is funded by the Hawaii Tobacco Prevention and Control Trust Fund, um, is that it provides you um, two main two main things. It provides you with free. Um, pharmacotherapy, that's free nicotine patches or gum, and it also provides you with free um, coaching. And these coaches are not just, you know, what you would, you know, a lot of people think, oh, 1-800 number, I'm going to be talking to somebody, you know, who doesn't want to talk to me, doesn't know what they're talking about. These are college graduates who have been trained rigorously on the, what we call the gold standard uh, of, of quitting smoking. So all of the Center for Disease Control, um, the uh, health and Human Services recommendations, they have all of that in front of them and have been training for months before they even access that that phone number. So you're talking to somebody also that a lot of times has uh, gone through smoking themselves. So they're ex-smokers who have been quit for a certain amount of time. So they have um, a really vested interest and really empathetic approach to, to helping you quit. So now are these local people that you're talking to? We do have um, uh, local quit coaches. Um, the, the program stretches out all over the country. Um, and but there are local quit coaches available. Okay, and you mentioned that it's the gold standard. When people decide that they're going to quit, what's the success rate in general? Um, you know, it can vary, but it's usually very low. Um, there's there's been numbers that have been thrown around about seven percent uh, of people that are able to quit successfully. What the Hawaii Tobacco Quit Line does, and other services like it, what we know from our evaluation for the Hawaii Tobacco Quit Line is that it can increase the chances of smoking up to fourteen times. So um, th- those are really good odds to go into, and particularly if you tried to quit in the past and haven't been successful, or you've tried quitting and you're not sure whether the patch might be right for you or the gum, or the quit line can also talk to you about um, things that we don't offer. So um, things like Chantix, um, Verniclin, um, or other types of medication that you might need to go talk to your doctor about. The quit coaches are well-informed about all of those types of medications. So if you even have the tiniest inclination that you might want to quit. You might not have set a date. You might just kind of be thinking about it. 
the quit line can help you get started. You don't have to actually quit the second you call the quit line. Oh, definitely. They're um, there to help you come up with a plan. Yeah, definitely. A lot of times people think that you have to have been quit in order to call. That's n- not at all. So a lot of times the preparation up to your quit day is um, really important, sometimes even more important than what happens afterwards. So they'll help you go through that. And, you know, if you try to quit in the past, um, you'll notice that there's certain times of day that you battle the most after a meal or right when you wake up. And the idea is about building your skill level to be able to cope with those things. Now, what I wanted to mention is because we just launched this a few weeks ago. So some people just they don't want to talk to anybody. They, they might want to try the patches. They might want to try the gum or they, you know, they, they might want some help, but they don't want to call a number. We just launched services um, on clearthesmoke.org so that you can do it all completely online. So on there, you get two free weeks of uh, either nicotine patches or gum. And you have access to a web coach. Um, there's also online tools. There's an online calculator so you can calculate how much m- money you've spent on smoking or how much money you've been saving since you quit. Um, and all other all other things that are available, including text to quit, which are really neat um, text messages that are uh, tailored for where you are in the process. So we're really getting high tech with this. Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, the group you said that are smoking, we're talking about this 25, 30, 4-year-old group. These guys are tech savvy. You know, I mean, I'm out of that group, although I want to pretend I'm still in it. But, you know, I mean, I use computers really heavily, what, medical school, maybe beyond that. So I didn't grow up with computers, yet people these days did. They love that sort of tech stuff. You see everybody texting and doing all these things. It sounds like a great idea, really meeting the needs of who it is that's smoking now. You got the people on the phone if you need it. You got the the anonymous kind of, I'm just going to do it over the Internet. So you're really trying to reach out to this group of folks. Oh, definitely. And the idea is that there are so many different ways that people quit and so many different things that are going to work for for somebody. Um, If you want to see somebody face-to-face, for example, or you want a support group, if you call the 1-800-QUIT-NOW, you can get referred to services such as um, the services that Valerie offers with the COPD Coalition. or if you have a particular need, like if you do have COPD, they have all of that information of what's happening in your community and what groups are available in your community. So that the idea is we want to make an environment all over Hawaii so that people will quit and so that there's no excuse or there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to reach out for help. Pedro, isn't it correct that people can do it more than once? Like if they tried and it didn't quite take, but they want to try again, you'll give them patches a second chance. Is that correct? Yes. Um, People can call the quit line up to two times a year um, and get two full treatments. If people have tried to call in the past, um, in the past there were different different guidelines and you had to be uninsured. Um, Now anybody who is an adult and wants to quit is is eligible to be able to get free patches or gum from the quit line. So if you tried them in the past, weren't eligible before, try them again. Just call that one. You might just be able to do it. Mm -hmm. All right. We've got a caller on the line. We have Russell from Makiki. Russell, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, Dr. Kovac. I'm a regular listener. Fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, I had a comment that uh, the conversation had turned to uh, enhancing. Although the advertising on television board is a max, um, access to to advertising closes cell phones on we're, Russell, we're losing you a little bit. We're catching like every second or third word. Um, your question was about advertising. So, you know, give us a holler back maybe from a landline, but let's touch on that because we're talking about advertising to people about smoking. And, you know, Pedro, you mentioned that you can see ads even at, at children's level for their eyesight at various mom and pop stores. 
are you legally allowed to advertise with any sort of billboard, any sort of anything in a chain store, maybe a gas station or whatever else here in the islands? Are you allowed to at the food store say, we carry cigarettes, ask us? Or is that not allowed? Oh, definitely. Um, and you see that if you go to... You are allowed to do it. Yeah. And if you go to a mom and pop store, usually, you know, the neighborhood store, you'll see a lot of tobacco advertising along with other types of advertisement. But um, there is definitely an, a prominence of, of tobacco advertising in a lot of our stores. Um, you see it in... Um, in TV, what you see is electronic cigarettes um, are making a resurgence. So it's not uh, – tobacco companies are not – can't advertise cigarettes, but right now you are seeing a resurgence of e-cigarettes being promoted. And they do have models smoking. I mean, it's supposed to be a photo shoot, but the model has a cigarette in her hand or mouth. And so there's, it's out there. It's we, out there. It's we placement ads. It's not. It's out there. Okay. It's not saying the brand necessarily. And and they do advertise the electronic smoking devices all over the place. I mean, they Costco do. And, and honest, everywhere. I've, and I've seen those. All yeah. the malls. Yeah, I didn't quite know what it was at first. I'm like, what? Why would I want this? Is it a pen? But you know, then I learned. So, <laughs> you know, it takes a while for me to catch up with this technology. These young folks. All right, we've got another caller. We've got Nancy from Hawaii Island. Nancy, welcome to the Body Show. Hi, I've got a lot of friends who have smoked for long periods of time, and they lose their teeth. And uh, a lot of them are quitting smoking cigarettes, and they're smoking Pacololo. And I'm wondering. I'll take my answer off the off the air. But, um, I'm, I mean, off the phone. But I'm wondering if there's long-term effects that are similar uh, with smoking Pacololo as far as, you know, heart disease and tooth loss. Good question. So, you know, Nancy, part of the trouble is that we know cigarettes have a lot of toxins and they cause damage to lungs. They cause damage to teeth. They cause damage to so many areas of your body, increase your risk for heart attacks and strokes, etc. We haven't done as many studies looking at other sorts of substances, Pacololo in particular. You know, there is a movement to legalize medical marijuana because there may be some potentially beneficial effects, but they really haven't done any long-term studies to see the damage because it's not really legal yet. So it'd be kind of hard to do a study with a bunch of people who are doing something that's illegal. Because how are you going to get them all together? And then if you know it's illegal, how are you going to do a study without necessarily having everyone get in trouble? So part of the th concern that we have is that, you know, the medical community is sort of limited as to what they can do because we can't study stuff that isn't regulated or that's currently technically illegal without having some sort of reporting mechanism. And so, you know, it may come to, to play that when we do look at those states who have legalized medical marijuana and those states that have allowed that to occur, that we actually see some longer-term studies about side effects. But as it goes right now, if you had to choose, now don't, well, I guess quote me on it, I'm about to say it over the air, but if you had to choose between cigarettes and marijuana, which one would have the definitive long-term data on absolute uh, difficulties and or contributions to lung cancer, emphysema, early death, stroke, heart attack, etc. You're looking at cigarettes being worse for you than marijuana. And I'm not suggesting that people smoke anything. But that being said, your friends, unfortunately, you can't get your teeth back. You can probably get some implants or some other dental work. But if their smoking was bad enough that it affected their teeth, I'm certain their smoking is bad enough that it caused them to have problems in their lungs. And if you already have lung damage, whether it be COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, chronic bronchitis, you really shouldn't be inhaling anything because that can only 
contribute to further damage. And your lungs are challenged enough trying to get oxygen when you have these problems. Let's not make it worse. So that would that would be my answer, Nancy. We don't yet have enough data to study it. Doesn't sound like it's such a good plan. I'm hoping your friends who might be smokers are not smokers anymore and hopefully you're not a smoker. But that would be that would be what I'd say is don't don't smoke anything and you know, if it's bad enough to affect your teeth, it's bad enough to affect your lungs, and that's just not good news. But I want to thank you for your call, because we'll hear more about the effects of different sorts of substances as they become legalized. And I'm sure more studies will occur. Time will tell. But at this point, it's kind of hard to do a study on something illegal without having to report all the people who are doing it. So that that could be a problem. All right. Well, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. I'm here with Valerie Chang, head of the Hawaii COPD Coalition. And we've also had Pedro Haro from the Hawaii Tobacco Control Trust Fund. And so we're talking about smoking. Now, if you've ever quit, I'd love to know how you did it. Some people quit cold turkey. I talked to somebody today, said her significant other decided to quit and just said, that's it. I'm going to smoke for what, 50 years? And then just one day woke up and said, no more. And that's pretty admirable because that's a hard thing to do. But if you have a secret, if you found a way to quit that is amazing and you want to share it, or maybe you found some things that you failed at that you just couldn't do, we'd like to hear from you. You can share your story, probably help somebody else on the, along the way. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Pedro, what's going on at UH these days? This Thursday, it's the Great American Smokeout. It is. It's the 38th annual uh, American Cancer Society's uh, Great American Smokeout. They've been doing this for 38 years, um, and it's a big celebration across the state and all over the all over the United States. Um, at the University of Hawaii, they're having a large event to coincide with their new policy, um, to start launching their new policy, that is. Um, on Thursday, uh, November 21st, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Campus Center Ballroom and in the mall below, um, they're going to be having all sorts of activities. Um, there are going to be a lot of uh, a lot of organizations that are talking just about living healthy, alternatives to tobacco. So even if you're a non-smoker or if you're a smoker that's not ready to quit, there's going to be uh, stuff that's relevant to you, along with groups um, like Valerie and myself that are encouraging people to uh, quit smoking. Now, what is the new UH policy? So starting January 1st, um, the University of Hawaii has um, made a policy that there will be no smoking on campus at the Manoa campus. Um, in cars, um, in parking lots, in dorm rooms, anywhere. Anywhere. So you will have to go clear outside of campus in order to be able to smoke. And that actually includes e-cigarettes, which is um, a little bit further ahead than a lot of the policies that are currently in a lot of places. So they're um, going to be using the Great American Smoke out as sort of that launching pad to educate students and staff and community members also that come in and are part of the campus. Now, that's going a little bit beyond what they do on beaches. Currently, there's a lot of regulation in different beach areas, not allowed to smoke on the beach, not allowed to do other things. Where are you not allowed to smoke as of today? Where is it banned? As of today, there's um, there's some beaches um, that are currently banned. So that includes Ala Moana Beach Park, uh, the Duke Hanamoku areas, um, Kapiolani uh, Beach Park and, and the park itself. Um, the Kuhio Beach Park, uh, Sandy Beach Park, um, all of those areas you can't smoke today. Starting January 1st, it will be all um, beaches and public parks um, in areas on Oahu. So that includes pools, that includes um, any recreation areas, that includes any um, tennis uh, courts, 
um, any botanical gardens, all of those areas will be smoke-free. What about the neighbor islands? The neighbor islands, um, the Big Island actually led the way um, as far as beaches um, in public areas, um, and they have a policy in place. Um, the other islands are working on, on trying to include some of this legislation um, local uh, local policies um, on Maui County and on Kauai, but actually Big Island led the way. Go Big Island. Now, I'm curious, what about tourists? You know, so here you are, you come to Waikiki, you want to go hang out at the beach and stuff, you come from another place, maybe people smoke everywhere there, and all of a sudden here you are in this smoke-free zone. What are they supposed to do? Actually, there's going to be signage so that people will be aware, and actually a lot of people are happy because then they don't have the litter. Cigarette butts are like the biggest source of litter in the beaches. When they do beach cleanups, they literally pick up hundreds of thousands of butts, and it doesn't biodegrade, and it's just gross. And so the tourists actually appreciate that because they would rather not swim in an ashtray. Well, it's a good point. I don't want to swim in an ashtray either. Speaking of our Big Island, the people who led the way, we have Carrie on the line from the Big Island. Carrie, welcome to the Body Show. Hi. What can we do for you? Well, I just was um, going to give you my tip on how I quit smoking. Love to hear it. Okay, how long did you smoke? Well, I smoked many years, probably 20 off and on. Okay. And uh, I finally quit the last time about, I guess, 10 years ago. And I simply um, took one of my cigarettes, emptied the tobacco out of it, um, put a straw in there that was, I slit down the side so that when it went inside, it expanded to the full width of the, of the cigarette, put a little bit of tape around the filter so I didn't wear it out, and I smoked that sucker and pretended to light it and drove with it, and just it was my cigarette. So it was like pre-electronic anything, you had like a fake one. I had a fake, real cigarette. The filter was real, and so I still got that kind of filtery, cigarette flavor in my mouth. But it a was a straw. And, but the, the, it was simply straw, uh, uh, an empty straw in the middle of it. And I puffed on it. I would, I would pretend to light it even with my lighter. I would go through the motions because evidently that's what I needed. <laughs> and I did that until eventually I wasn't reaching for it anymore, and eventually... It's probably still around in my car somewhere if I looked hard enough, I bet. <laughs> well, you know, Carrie, we say the Big Island led the way and the beaches deciding no more smoking, but you led the way in one of the earliest cigarette substitution forms I can think of called the good old, put it in a straw, pretend it's for real, and I'm going to use it to quit smoking. Good work, Carrie. That's excellent. And it worked, and I, I've given that tip to another person who it also worked for. So I went, okay, it works. <laughs> Fantastic. I love to hear that it works. Thanks for sharing your suggestion. Making your cigarette into a fake cigarette and somehow fooling yourself with the with the way that you can act like it's for real and get that same sort of motion, lighting it, puffing on it, etc. Fantastic, Ari. So thanks for sharing your suggestion. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. If you've got a tip, you quit smoking. I'd love to hear how you did it. You can give us a holler at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Val Chang from COPD Coalition and also with Pedro Haro from the Tobacco Trust Fund. Going to talk some more about where else we're having issues with smoking and what you can do to prevent from having chronic lung disease from it. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us.
Celebrate National Novel Writing Month with Linda Rodriguez, whose earliest books were poetry, until she won a competition that led to the publication of her first novel, Every Last Secret. I've always wanted to be a novelist. Novels saved my life when I was a kid. Discover how Linda Rodriguez's Native American heritage and difficult childhood inspired her mystery novels on New Letters on the Air. Tuesday evening at 6.30. On November 23rd, it's the Saloon Pilots bringing their bluegrass stylings to everything from traditional mountain tunes to the Grateful Dead. This special concert takes place in HPR's Atherton Studio November 23rd at 7.30. Tickets at 955-8821 during business hours or online at hprtickets.org. This purple clover, Queen Anne's lace, crimson hair across your face. You could make me cry if you don't know. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Pedro Haro from the Hawaii Tobacco Control Trust Fund and Valerie Chang from the Hawaii COPD Coalition. We're talking about how can you quit smoking because this Thursday is the Great American Smokeout. So if you smoke, Thursday might be a great day to not smoke, see how you feel. Maybe you've decided, hey, I feel great. I want to start quitting, set a date to quit, or maybe just contemplate it enough that you come up with an action plan. So definitely Thursday is a day to keep an eye out and think about it. The places you can smoke are becoming fewer and fewer starting January 1, nowhere on UH. Also, nowhere on public beaches or recreational parks on Oahu. And Big Island led the way with that one. So maybe soon enough, Kauai, Maui will be able to keep those beaches free and clear of the uh, thousands of butts that you hear about with the trash that's unfortunately taking over our shores. Now, we have a couple more callers in the line. We have Lily from Kailua. Lily, welcome to The Body Show. Having trouble hearing you, Lily. Give us a holler back. We're going to go to, me- to Megan in uh, Honolulu, and then hopefully we'll get Lily back with maybe a better connection. Megan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Great. What can we do for you today? Uh, I just wanted to tell, let everybody know that I, I'm 51 years old. I started smoking when I was 14, and I didn't quit till I was 41 when I got pregnant with my third child. Uh, the day after I took the pregnancy test, I told my husband, give me one day, and I did. I quit after that. So my daughter's 11 now. I've been smoke-free for 12 years, and like I said, I must have tried over 20 times, and I found a food that, in my opinion, to me, takes away a physical craving. I don't know any science or anything, but if I had a physical cigarette craving and I ate watercress, that craving went away. Fantastic. All right. So, Megan, you had a little, so you find out you're going to have a baby, decide that's yep. it, no more cigarettes, and then you find watercress. Yes. And you eat that, no more cravings. No more physical craving. I don't and know it's actually healthy for you, too. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. What would you tell your daughter if in a couple of years she started to pick up the habit? Oh, you know, I have two daughters. She's 11 now, and I have a 14-year-old, and um, I work at the police station, and I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm a little bit more concerned about math, and I am tell them, look on the streets, look, you can't even see fat on that guy's skin or his face. It looks like a skull. Don't ever touch math. Don't touch any of that stuff, guys, please. All right, I so I have to say it, but I think cigarettes isn't quite as bad as that meth out there. So I'm more on a meth 
you have space. Don't touch masks, guys. All right, well... Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. You were motivated and you definitely quit. Certainly smoking meth is another one of those things we hope people don't do. Cigarettes can have some long-standing effects as time goes on. So thanks so much for for telling us your experience. Pedro, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, uh, because this is actually not very well publicized, but there's a lot of women that quit when they are pregnant. And then sometimes they go back to smoking um, right afterwards. Um, the Hawaii Tobacco Quit Line does have a particular program available for women who are either pregnant um, or um, postnatal or um, are thinking about getting pregnant to help them particularly through their situation. It's a particular situation that they're going through. So that's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. So we have some more resources available. Valerie, meth, certainly, if you smoke meth, you get addicted. You may die young. If you smoke cigarettes, you may smoke them for 40, 50 years, and you're still potentially going to have some serious side effects, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease being one of them. You described it earlier as like breathing through a, through a tiny little coffee stir all the time. When someone is diagnosed with this, how long do they have? If their lungs are bad enough, if smoking was the source, if they're oxygen dependent and they can't even really walk around or do much without wearing oxygen, how long do they have? That's a difficult question. That's a really difficult question. In the old days, um, before people realized that you actually need to keep exercising to stay as healthy as possible, people did not live very long on supplemental oxygen. Now I know several people that have been on supplemental oxygen for decades, literally. And I even need supplemental oxygen to fly. And my docs assume that I'll live another 50 years. So you can live a long time. And it's just um, a matter of being a little more mindful and a little more careful and working closely with our healthcare providers to make sure that we're the best we can be and and remembering you can exercise and and do all the things you can to optimize your health, including pacing yourself and joining support groups as appropriate and reading. We have a website, hawaiicopd.org, and we're, we continue to update it and provide more and more information so people can access them at their convenience at home, or if they don't have a computer in their home, they can go to the library. The libraries all have free access to the computers, so people can use those and get information, because I think knowledge is power. I'm sure you like that with your patients, so that they're informed. Absolutely. So if you don't have access to a computer, you can get there. And again, there's website information, Hawaii Coalition for COPD. Take a look at it. Lots of great information. If you're not quite sure, if you have COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, there are some simple ways that you can find out, some simple questions that you can ask yourself. And those are things that we can go ahead and review in just a minute. I want to get to a couple callers. We have B from Kona. B, welcome to The Body Show. Aloha. Thank you. And thank you for your program. Thanks for calling. What can we do for you? I'm calling from the Big Island. We've got state-of-the-art things and kind of lead the path in a lot of ways, like diversified energy, et cetera. Fantastic. We heard you guys led the way as far as don't smoke on the beach. Yeah, you know, we could do better because, like myself personally, I've never smoked. But I think that, like, with laws like this, it, it ha- it's going to have to do with, like, actual enforcement. And I think with the public, too, looking at it going, well, it's not an acceptable thing to do. You know, it's just like, 
almost like we begin to treat it as though it's something that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be healthy or normal to smoke, and that maybe we really don't like it, so nobody would really smoke at the beach because they know it won't be accepted and they know it would be enforced, that it's not a good role model thing to show to the kids. And, you know, people don't like to be at the mall having to smell smoke. That's why it's not accepted there. And hopefully that would help people in knowing that, hey, you know, it's just like all of us get up and we brush our teeth and we comb our hair and we look like we fit in because that's the way to fit in. You well, know, and it's a great I know point. it sounds rather shrewd. Well, it does, but, but it's a great point, which is if we make it so socially unacceptable that nobody will do it, it will become... The law. Yeah, right. because, like, for myself personally, I can be walking through the mall, and I'm really not going to say something to the person that's smoking because I'm not regulating the law, and it wouldn't be, you know, I mean, I, I guess it would be almost controversial to do it, but I see that, and I and, you know, I'm kind of... Here in Kona, I've been here a while. I don't go to Honolulu, but uh, but I'm just saying it's a matter of when we have these laws. I think it's important to have laws that are fair and just and 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 uh, socially correct, which definitely the law would be, but also to be enforced. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, how many times have you been somewhere and you've thought, you know, I've even been to beaches here on Oahu and said, oh, my God, they're ruining it. Look, that person over there is smoking. Somehow I'm downwind. Now I'm doing Mm -hmm. is smelling it. So it makes me want to leave that area and go somewhere Mm -hmm. else. And if the smoke still follows me, it makes it makes my time there just just ruined if I have to Mm -hmm. be in that environment. So I totally Mm -hmm. agree. But I don't see people enforcing it. And I think it would it you're right. It does take a little bit of another level of enforcement or maybe even policing ourselves. But I don't necessarily feel like I'm going to go up to somebody on the beach and say, hey, that's illegal. You have to put that out because, you know, I don't want to actually start some sort of argument when I'm supposedly having my relaxing afternoon Mm -hmm. down by the ocean. But you're right. I think enforcement is something that we have to look at. And it's much easier to enforce it in a business where you can just say to the business owner, hey, you've got somebody doing something wrong. And if they don't do what they should and enforce this, then you also have the authorities that you can contact. But it's difficult if we're all out in public. So you're right. You know, people really need to think about the majority. If we have the uh, the idea that the majority of us are going to look at this and say, "Oh, hey, you know," then then you know the other folks that that are, you know, it's just like if you go anywhere, everyone's going to be civil, and and that's like the norm. And so hopefully this particular carcinogen would not be the norm. It wouldn't be the norm for the kids. You know, it just wouldn't be the norm to do it. And then people wouldn't, unfortunately, end up with that particular addiction. All right. Well, B, you're welcome to my beach anytime. Because you can go ahead and hang out there, and we can just enjoy the water, and then you do not have to worry about anybody smoking. So I agree with you. We need to be a little bit more targeted towards enforcement, but hopefully help one another so we don't get addicted in the first place. We've got another caller. We've got Chris from Pacific Heights. Chris, welcome to The Body Show. Aloha. Thank you so much for your show. I really enjoy it. Well, thanks for calling us. What can we do for you? Well, I was going to call with a suggestion that I had. I had smoked for a bit over 20 years, and I quit 20 years ago. I quit when I moved to Hawaii, and it was just so beautiful here. I just couldn't stand the idea of putting smoke into the air. And so it, it I guess it made me do it. I guess I, I 
I had always wanted to, to quit over 20 years, but I never really was successful. And then when I moved here, I decided that I was going to try something I had thought about. And what I did was I got a really beautiful apothecary jar. And those are those jars that are clear glass with a very tight-fitting lid. Mm-hmm. And yep. what I did was I put an inch of water into the bottom of the jar, and every time I emptied my ashtray, I would empty it into that water inside a very pretty jar. And I made myself keep the jar on the coffee table where I saw it every single day. And every time I opened the jar to dump my ashes in, the smell was worse and worse. It was horrible. And I realized that that's what my breath smelled like. That's what my house smelled like. That's what my clothes smelled like. And so finally, the smell was just horrendous. And at that point, I was ready not to smoke anymore. And I realized if I hadn't done it like that, I don't know if I would have been so quick to quit. But I quit pretty quickly and never went back. That was 20 years ago. Fantastic. Good work, Chris. You did your own method of aversion therapy. You just kept sniffing and sniffing all your own cigarette ashes and went, oh my God, I can't smell like that anymore. So good work. You know, whatever it takes people to decide that they want to quit. Fantastic. Because if you actually make that commitment to deciding you're going to do it and take that a little step further and say, here's how I'm going to do it, whether or not you scare yourself by looking at your own watery, ashy, gross stuff, or you scare yourself because you look at your future, or maybe you're pregnant and you're about to go ahead and have a child. It doesn't matter if you smoke you need to quit. And if you want to, people like Pedro can actually help you out. Now, Pedro, tobacco quit line. How do we get in touch? How do we call? And you said there's also a website. So that's another interesting way you want to be like more of a texter or be one of those computer people. You also can go on the website. So remind me, if somebody here is listening and they're a smoker, they decide they want to quit, how do they get to the tobacco quit line? So two easy ways. If you want phone service, Um, and talk to somebody, you can call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Easy to remember, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. We put out enough ads out there that we think... You really do. Yeah, you've got quite a few (laughs) ads on the TV, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, A little bit less known is the clearthesmoke.org website. So if you you want to enroll in the web program, you go to clearthesmoke.org, and you're able to enroll like that. All right, so those are the ways you can do it. Now, Val, COPD... If somebody smoked for a long time, and we had an interesting comment from a caller that said, hey, what if I just grow my own tobacco, roll my own cigarettes? Is that okay? Um, Again, tobacco, cigarettes, not good for you, could potentially lead to serious harm, lung disease, et cetera. What are the symptoms of COPD? If you had to tell somebody top four signs of COPD, what would they be? Well, the first one is shortness of breath. So they can't catch their breath. So they you're kind of, the they're just constantly out of breath. And, and, a, and a one that people don't think about is doing less than they used to because mm. they're afraid they'll be breathless. So they say, no, I'm not breathless, but yeah, I don't climb those stairs anymore because that would make me breathless. And they slowly do less and less and less. And they used to walk, you know, around the block, but now they walk only to the mailbox because they don't want to get breathless. So so they avoid, they avoid activities things. that make them breathless. Right. So either you are or you realize you're just kind of becoming a couch potato because you don't want to be out of breath. Okay? Okay. And then for some people, if they cough up mucus for three months in a row, for two years in a row, that's considered 
a sign of possible chronic bronchitis. Um, and um, if they're a current or former smoker, um, it's a good thing for them to talk to their doctor and ask, you know, can I have a, breath, a breathing test, which is called a spirometry. And it's they just blow into a tube following the technician's instructions, and they'll get a, a printout result, and the doctor will be able to interpret it and tell them how their lungs are working. So now if somebody decided to quit smoking, maybe they quit 20 years ago. Now, fast forward 20 years later, they can still get COPD. Correct. And if they want to go to our website, hawaiicopd.org, on the right-hand side, there is a screener that they could take. And it it does um, help them figure out whether or not they may be at risk for COPD. And then they can take that to their doctor and decide whether they should get a lung test. NASA doctor for the lung test. Most insurers do cover um, the spirometry, and it's simple and painless, and some docs give it every year. So you're just breathing into a tube. You're not having any needles injected. You're not having any sort of blood mm-hmm. testing. You're breathing in a tube. Correct. And from that ability to measure your breathing, how much air comes in and comes out, you were told if you're at risk. You're told more than that. You're told if you have it. Yeah. Mild, moderate, or severe. Correct. And from that, therapy can be considered. Correct. So if you ever smoked out there for, you know, more than 10 or 15 years, and you want to know, in addition to everybody fears cancer, and that is a huge fear, and absolutely lung cancer is a horrible thing to have, so don't get cancer. But that's not the only thing that could happen. You could get COPD. This chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which incorporates emphysema and chronic bronchitis, and you could get this problem, and it could really affect the rest of your life. Correct. But there is treatment, and people should remember, no matter what it is you have, it's better if you get to a doctor, talk to a, or not, if not a doctor, a nurse practitioner, and talk to them about what your symptoms are, because docs are not, unfortunately, mind readers. And really, I'm not. <laughs> you're not. I don't I mean, know. Mine are okay. I don't know. I'm, maybe, maybe I'm going to take that off my list of hobbies. No more mind reading. No, I understand. And basically, if somebody doesn't realize that their symptoms are dramatically affecting them that much, they may not come to me and say, I'm out of breath. Or their loved one might mention it. Right. They might just say, I just don't like to leave, you know, the driveway because I don't want to have this shortness of breath issue. So bring it up. Be proactive. Correct. And then there are treatments and the treatments you know, if the treatment isn't working, don't assume your doctor will know that it's not working because there are multiple treatments and there's 50 more drugs on the pipeline. So if it's not working, share that information so you can find the best thing. All right. So we've got the quit line. We've got the COPD coalition. If you want more information, you can also go ahead and take a look online. Or if you want to go the old school route, call the quit line 1-800-QUIT-NOW. I want to thank both of you, Val and Pedro. Thanks for being on the show today. Valerie Chang is the founder of the Hawaii COPD Coalition, instrumental in the recent proclamation of November as COPD Month by Governor Neil Abercrombie and continues her quest to educate the public about COPD. Pedro Haro is the director of the Hawaii Tobacco Control Trust Fund and leading the charge with the UH moving towards a smoke-free campus. Don't forget, November 21st, Great American Smokeout. If you want to hear this show again, go to our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Engineer David Chong, executive producer Beth Ann Kozlovich. See you next week here on The Body Show. Mm-hmm.